Welcome to another episode of the Coal Region Campfire. We have a good episode today with uh, Joe Bosack. Um, you guys don't recognize the name. He is from, uh, well, originally from Marlin, uh, but now lives in Pottsville. Um, incredible graphic designer. And you probably see a lot of his work, especially if you watch sports on a regular basis. And now you could actually put a name uh, to the design. I mean, some of his clients include uh, the Final Four. So like this week, when you're watching uh, March Madness and you see the Final Four logo, Joe Bosack did that right here in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Uh, University of Georgia, Susquehanna. He did the Boise State logo, uh, Mississippi State. Uh, he was part of the Colorado Avalanche uh, logo design team. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for it. You can go to his website, Joe Bosack, uh, J-O-E-B-O-S-A-C-K.com, and check it out. Uh, Hershey Bears, Hershey Park. It's, uh, it's quite incredible, and it's even more incredible uh, that he works right here in Pottsville, Pennsylvania, and everything is done right here in the coal region. I know you guys probably think I'm lying when I say this, but every person that I interview is so incredibly nice, and Joe uh, was no different. I mean, just welcome me into his office. He couldn't have been nicer, and it's just great to talk to people that are actually excited about being on the podcast. And like I said, I haven't had a guest yet who actually wasn't really into it, so that makes my job a lot easier. And another thing, I do appreciate uh, the four people who did rate uh, the podcast on the uh, app. I really appreciate it. For the other three who didn't, uh, it'll be awkward next time you see me, uh, but that's okay. You do have this week, so if you are listening to it right now, pick up your phone. Hopefully, you're not driving, and just rate it. Four or five stars, whatever you like. This podcast could be like that that underground band that only a few people know about, so you could brag to people like, yeah, I, I, I listen to this podcast. Not a lot of people know about it. And then when this podcast gets big, you could say, hey, I actually listened to him when he was just a lonely podcaster in uh, Pottsville. So I actually had a band like that once. I thought I was uh, in on the forefront of the Lumineers. I went to go see them in uh, Central Park before they, they were kind of big. But for me, because I'm not that musically versed, uh, I went to go see them and I was like telling people like, yeah, I got this band. And then like six months later, they were huge. So I always tell people now that I, I like the Lumineers old stuff. Anyway, guys, are you thinking about your retirement? I'm sure it's March, it's spring. You're probably thinking about your retirement. And with it being March, who other to call than Darren J. March, who is a certified financial planner with Raymond James. So before investing your hard-earned money, make sure your financial advisor understands your objectives. Darren's a certified financial planner with Raymond James Financial Services and has been assisting clients in Northeast PA for more than 17 years. By the way, PA is the only state in the country that actually uses uh, PA, like the, um, whatever it is, acronym? Is that an acronym? I don't know. That uses PA as the you could identify it. You don't say CA, you don't say NJ. So PA is the only uh, state who does that. So little known fact there. Um, anyway, Darren was born and raised and lives in Pottsville. So whether you need stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, or tax-favored bonds, or maybe you just have an old retirement plan that you want to roll over, or your advisor just doesn't keep in touch, Darren can help. So call Darren at 570-640-8010 or email him at darren.march at raymondjames.com. House calls and consultations are free. Raymond James Financial Services, member of FINRA, SIPC, 
Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. And now we are on to Joe. All right, Joe. Well, thanks for uh, having me here. This is great. I'm looking at all the uh, helmets and, and basketballs. I mean, it's, this is a... Uh this is awesome to be able to have this much of an impact from a tiny little old Pottsville here. You're able to, to make a, your mark in the world. How did you start? I guess that's always a question I, I like to lead off with. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess it's kind of a, uh, a, bit, a bit of a story there. I, I was in art school in Philadelphia. I went to Temple University's Tyler School of Art. I graduated with a bachelor's degree in graphic design in 1994. And... Uh, as a part of the program there, they would take graduating seniors to New York City to the Art Directors Club of New York. And they had this luncheon there and they'd, you know, give you lunch. They'd invite all these art directors in from all over town and they would set up at different tables and you'd mingle with them, get a bite to eat, and then you'd show them your portfolio. Uh-huh. And they weren't there to really give you a job. They were there to, um, you know, review your portfolio, give you some tips on uh, how, you're, how you're presenting things, give you some, some, you know, just some creative criticism on your work. And I just happened to sit down at this table and I met David Haney, who at the time was the director of creative services at the National Hockey League. And I showed him my book and he liked some of the work. We stayed in touch. And about four, four months later, he hired me, gave me a job. So my first job uh, technically, really, my second job, but I don't mm-hmm. really count the first one. <laughs> my first job was at an ad agency in Horsham um, right after school. And, you know, everybody thinks ad agency, you think Mad Men and right. all these great national campaigns. This was the kind of ad agency that was doing those little, like, coupon flyers that tuck sure. into the Sunday paper, you know, <laughs> with the little 50-cent-off yeah. coupon in the bottom corner. So I don't really count that. But um, David hired me, and I moved to New York, and I started um, at, as a graphic designer in the creative services department at the NHL. And that was a really great place to to learn about um, design in the sports world. And we had a chance to work on some really great projects. So I worked on some team branding there. The Colorado Avalanche identity is a logo. That, that was kind of your first mm-hmm. one, right? Yeah, exactly. So that was a, a logo that I created there. Um, and then also all of the events that were in and around the NHL. So you had the All-Star Game and you had the draft and, and those sorts of things. Those were all projects that I was able to touch during my time there. And it was just a great way to sort of get into it. And it, it's, it's kind of interesting because I didn't really, I didn't know that you could have a graphic design job in sports. I didn't know that right. existed, yeah. you know? And it was just by, literally by stumbling into David at that art director's club luncheon that I, it opened up this whole world to me. And, and I've been in the sports industry ever since. So I left, you know, when I left the NHL, it was probably in, you know, 1996, I took a job as art director at Fila Sports, which was also in New York City, just a few blocks downtown from where the NHL was. And I worked there until 1998 and started my own thing uh-huh. 20 years ago. And you know, fast forward to now, here we are. So I've been fortunate enough and lucky enough to, to make it work. Now, again, for our listeners out there, this is, I mean, you, you've had some big time clients. I mean, you have pro teams, you have college teams. Mm-hmm. And I saw one of your bigger jobs is you, you rebranded the, you, the Final Four logo. Did you yeah. do it this year? Yeah, this year, yeah, for San Antonio, yeah. And, uh, and then you actually rebranded all of their championships, right? Yeah, that's right. So we, the NCAA hired us three years ago to come in and reimagine the look of all 90 
NCAA championships across 24 sports in three divisions. So everything from the um, National Collegiate Bowling Championships to uh, Division Three Wrestling and all the way up to the Final Four. All of that branding work is, is, uh, came, came from here. Now, when you get something like that, how do you, how do you even begin? Like, where, where do, where's, where's the starting point when you get a project like that? Well, the first part is really research-based. So uh-huh. we had a research partner that came in and we did um, baseline research on the existing, what all of their existing logos look like. And then the purpose of that is that when you complete the project, you go out and you do the same research against the, from the new logos to the old logos mm-hmm. and you see how they tested, how people like them, where your bumps were and stuff like that. But it always starts with, it always starts with a, a base level of research to really understand not only their brand, but perhaps most importantly, what people think of their brand. Right. That's really what it is. And, and th- that really gives us our roadmap, our strategy and creative brief on how we're going to proceed once we know um, you know, what, what people think of them. We try to find our bumps. Yeah. I'm, I, I read too, when you did the uh, Colorado avalanche one, yeah. they were, they were actually moving from Canada, right? Yeah, they were. So yeah, that was, was a Quebec challenge. Nordic. I mean, it's, it's yeah. funny. I mean, to the naked eye, you look at it, yeah. but you don't see like probably the crazy amount of hours that went into, to like yeah. making that. I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, and that was like any, pro, like any big project like that. It's sort of a creative team that uh-huh. tackles that. So, um, for the Colorado Avalanche identity, we worked on that in-house at the NHL, but we also had two outside agencies that were working on it at the same time. Sure. And then, of course, like any good creative project, the final result is sort of a collaboration of, of all of those things. So um, even though there is a tremendous amount of work that goes into something like that, um, it's not carried by one person. It's sort of uh, distributed. Sure. Yeah. Now, how many drafts? does that go through before you get oh through? yeah because i work you know, in well, tv and I, I know it's like, i mean it's like 70 versions before you yeah. get a final yeah i mean sometimes there's a you know you usually the, the way my process is i'll start with a lot of sketches a lot of initial discovery uh-huh. and like just kind of working out rough ideas there might be you know 50 or 60 or 70 different ideas that i sketch out and they're usually te- they usually tend to be fairly rough and then from there i identify you know some of the better ones from from those initial sketches and then start to refine those into initial presentation you know when i first started this business i would show a client you know it wasn't uncommon for me to show a client 20 or 30 different ideas and i've learned over the years that that becomes paralyzing to yeah. somebody that's not um, a visual person you know to try to sort of wade through these things and make creative decisions when you know that's not really your day-to-day job you don't really do that right for a living you know it's really difficult so now my initial presentations are a little bit tighter um usually three to five initial directions and then we can we can get to a solution a lot quicker um in the case of the colorado avalanche now there were three different creative um uh, agencies if you will that were working on Mm -hmm. that um internal and the two others so there was a lot of initial development that was bantered around but when it went to the client a lot of that was narrowed down so it was a lot more streamlined yeah i mean and like like i said i was looking at you you know you have the hershey bears mississippi state yeah. boise yeah. you know i mean this is all acc yeah. yeah um yeah what's the feeling you get when you see a helmet with a logo you designed or you know at march madness now you're gonna <laughs> see you're gonna see yeah. that logo that you designed yeah. in the middle on center court i mean 
Yeah, yeah. I would tell everybody at a cocktail yeah. party. That, yeah. <laughs> people well, invited me there. <laughs> it's it's you know it's interesting. It's kind of like a double edged sword to be honest with you because you know you're you're excited about it and you're thrilled to see your work on a big stage like that. But I always find the mistakes. You know, yeah. it's our first Final Four was 2016 in Houston, uh-huh. and you know they their the court company was you know putting together the court and they put this little uh, video together, this little like time lapse video. And they show like all the pieces coming in and they goes together and then they, you know, they're putting on the clear coat and all that kind of stuff. And, and there was a part of the logo that was missing, Uh like a small part of the logo that just didn't, for whatever reason, didn't get painted onto the wood, you know, and nobody notices it, right? right? Nobody cares, but I notice it. And it's like, I could look at that logo and I can still to this day, look at a photo of that logo on the court. And all I see is that piece that's missing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I know that I do that. Like, uh, you know, with editing TV, I'll, I'll watch like some of my old stuff. I'm like, Oh my God, that's awful. And you know, they'll be like, no one, no one recognizes it, but you do, you, you know that it's there. Yeah. You know, it's like we did, we did the orange bowl logo for an, uh, another agency a bunch of years ago and like watching it on TV and I'm like, oh man, the color is wrong. You right. know, it's like, it's Different just, Pantone, yeah, is that what you guys? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, uh, it, it's, it is, it is frustrating. I think Pixar said it best. They said, we never, we never finish a movie. We just run out of time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, a I good think way to put you, it. you could probably relate to it. Now, yeah. what is the process? Like now did you do Georgia? I'm looking at a Georgia helmet yeah, there. We, well, Georgia is a client of ours. So we did the uh, institutional branding for Georgia. Okay. So the logo that represents the institution, um, it's an arch inside of a shield shape. That was the logo that we did a couple of years ago. Nice. Yep. Now what, so do you actually go down? You, you'll oh, be able, yeah. And you just kind of immerse yourself in the culture there and just see like how it's going to... Absolutely. You have to, I think, uh-huh. because it's, you know, you, you can't, you, you can't uh, get a real feel for a place unless you walk the corridors, you know, walk the halls. And, and I think that's a real important part of it. And not only that, um, you, you know, talking to people and just getting their impression of you know, who, who they are and Uh who they aspire to be. I think those are real important conversations to have. And then I also find like visual inspiration as well. Like I'll walk around a campus and just see things that people that who are there every day, maybe they work there. Um, you know, maybe there are, there are students that have been there for a long time. They just don't sort of see some of those things. And those are, are um, you know, little, little like a, 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 an icon above a doorway or like a historic right. piece of architecture or something like that, that, that draw, I can draw inspiration from. I think it's really important to get there. So, you know, going, I go to all of my clients. We have initial discovery and then I go back to present initial concepts and then sometimes it's even a third visit when we go back with refinements to those initial concepts. Sure. But I think it's really important. I think it's important. And I think it also demonstrates to the client there's a level of commitment there that you're going to go. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What is, in your, in your opinion, what's like, the, what's like the perfect logo? What's, what's the one logo you're like, man, oh. they nailed it? Yeah, you know, I don't know. There's so much good work out there, yeah. you know, especially in sports. Like, people are doing great stuff these days, and it just feels fresh. It feels innovative. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I tend to gravitate to those less is more kind of a marks, sure. those simpler kind of a marks. That's something that I've been fighting for my whole career, was trying to find ways to simplify things and simplify things and get them to um, be quick, readable, 
um, unmistakable icons to the institutions and the teams that they represent. And those are the marks that I really, really love, like those ones that are out there that are like that. I try to do it a lot of times. You know, you'll have a client that says, well, you know, this this doesn't look like something else that you did 10 right. years ago. We want to see what that looks like. And and I'm like, I'm over that. You know, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been been down that road. I want to do something different. You know? Right. So sometimes it can be challenging like that. But but when you say, like, what's the perfect logo? It's the ones that are are those simple, clean marks that have stood the test of time that are undeniable icons of the institutions they represent things like the Penn State logo you know now I didn't do that obviously but I mean that's just a classic clean mark the Michigan M um, the Notre Dame ND those sorts of things those are just timeless marks and and I think that you know when when you're able to do stuff like that um, we're able to find real simple solutions sure. those are the ones that really stand out yeah. now you went to Temple yeah it would it's just the T. Did, have oh, they changed that ever? ever? Not that I know of. Yeah, yeah not that I know of. What, what yeah. would be your dream job? Like, what would be the school or, or the, the, the the sports team that would call up and say, yeah. you know, Joe, we need your yeah. work? What, what would be the one where? Well, I think, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I love I love marquee um, event identity. Uh -huh. So I love developing, like, logos for big championship events. It's one of the reasons why Final Four has just been a really great, right. like, really close project for me. But I think, like, along those lines, my dream job, probably the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. You get the Super Bowl logo, it's like, where do you go from there? Now, do they you change know? it every year, or they kind of They used like to, you know, they used to change it every year. And it used to be something different every year. And oh. I love that. And I think that most people like that, too, because... You know, event identity is as much about representing that event as it is as marking a, a point in time, you sure. know, time and place. So like when the Super Bowl had these like Southwest looking logos for when they were in Arizona, that oh, marked yeah. a sense of place, you know, right. and, and you, people always look back at those things and they say, oh, I remember that logo. That's when so-and-so played so-and-so or whatever, you know, and um, those, those are, those, those are sort of the... You know, the the Super Bowl now has gone to a, what they call a perpetual system. So they don't really have the logos don't really have that sense of time. And place. Right. So so my dream job would be the Super Bowl um, 15 years ago. Probably. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. Now, is a lot of the time again, I work in a creative field. So yeah. I, I know sometimes a lot of the time is just thinking. Yeah. So you're, you're working yeah. while you're thinking. I mean, is, is graphic designer, you put in pencil to paper and, you know, on the computer Photoshop site? Or is it just a lot of like sitting down and saying like, OK, what am I going to do here? Yeah, I think, well, there, you, there, you have to do that. You know, I think you have to have that time to sort of think through um, a strategy. And um, that's one of the things that we do spend a lot of time on that upfront, developing that strategy. And basically, um, you know, listening to our clients, listening to them, them tell us um, who they aspire to be, what, what they want to see out of a project, and then sort of... Um, taking that and giving it back to them in written form in the form of a, stat, a strategy statement and creative brief. And then, so that really, that's really where all of our thinking sort of happens. And then once they approve that brief, then it becomes executing. Sure. So then it's like, okay, well, what, what is the visual representation of these words? Like, how do we bring that to life? But there, you're right. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. It is a lot of thinking. It's a lot of, um, strategy and and really trying to figure out uh your your roadmap you know your roadmap through the through the creative do you, process do you know when you get it yeah like when you when you when you design it, are you like that's it oh yeah yeah uh, no doubt yeah no doubt but the, see the 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 challenge is that being you know 
graphic designers used to be called commercial artists, right? right. And the commercial part was because you were for hire, right? Yeah. So the client always has to weigh in. I know yeah. even there's yeah. times where I'll edit something and I'm like, man, this is so good. Yeah. They're going to yeah. love this. And then they get it. They're like, you know, what is this? Yeah. And then yeah. things I thought were terrible, yeah. they'll like. It's just... Yeah, it's it's weird sometimes what you think is going to work and what you don't think is going to work. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's sometimes it's confusing. But. Oh, no doubt. And and for me, sort of the commercial side of it is um, w- when you come to that aha solution, uh-huh. it's like you're like, oh, this is definitely going to be it. You have to you can't just show one concept. You still have to be sure. give people um, input into the creative process. So then you have to go in with um, with a couple of other directions, three you know, or so different directions, um, in addition to that one that you think is really strong. And then it becomes really a conversation with the sure. client. And it doesn't, believe it or not, it doesn't happen that often, but I love it when a client says to me, well, what do you think? You know, because it doesn't, you would think that it would happen like automatically, right? Right. But it doesn't. I mean, so, and when that, when that door is open, a lot of times I'm able to, um, articulate why one direction is better than the other, you know, Sure. because I really try to be, I try to be neutral with initial concepts and let them sort of, um, you know, help inform, help inform the creative process. And the good thing is, is that I never go in with directions that I can't live with. Right. I mean, they're always... They're always going to be solid, but you always have one that you think is. Was better. there ever a job? Uh, you know, what, what would you say was the most challenging job or most rewarding job? Like after after seeing the, the finished product, you're like, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's hard to say, you know, because they're all they're all rewarding for different reasons, right? You know, but there there's I would say that that the ones that stick out to me are where it was more rewarding in the process, uh-huh. maybe, you know. Um, and I'll give you an example. We were at Mississippi State in 2008. I think it was 2008. Now, when, they, when you go down there, they give you, like, tickets to a football game or anything like that? Well, it all depends on what season you're yeah. in, you know? I mean, <laughs> you know, I usually try to take something in, right. you know? Um, unfortunately, we did Mississippi State. It was, it was, like, early summer, and it was just hot as all get out in Starkville, Mississippi. Uh-huh. And uh, so there was no football to be played. But I think we did go see a baseball game when, right. we, were, when we were there. But it was, like, it was like, the, like the late spring or something like that. But anyway, when we were in that in that process, you know, we were um, showing initial concepts, and one of the initial concepts had this really great, like I thought it was great, Mississippi State word mark, and it said Mississippi, and it had state in a banner shape at the bottom, and I just thought it was really, really strong. And we go through this process of presenting initial concepts, and I show them all the directions, and they really liked where everything was going, except that word mark. They hated it. Right. You know? And they said, well, you know, these are really good, but this this one piece, just let's just get rid of that, and we'll move into the next round, and yeah. just sort of let that by the wayside. But I loved it. I really, really liked it, and I thought it was strong, and I knew if they could see the vision, it would be something sure. special for them. So in the second round of revisions, I just put it back in. Right. And the good news was they hated it a little bit less, but they still hated right. it. Right. So long story short, I just kept plugging it back in until I think they probably just got sick of it and said, we'll just, you know, include it into this overall identity package. Yeah. And that's what they wear on every single uniform right now. Every single uniform yeah, right. is that word mark. It says Mississippi with the state, state. banner underneath it. The first application was um, on the back of the scoreboard at their football stadium on campus. The letters were like 12 feet tall, you know? So I think it's interesting because a lot of times when people first see something, when you first show them a concept, they can't, they can't see the long view of right. it. 
And, you know, the famous logo designer, Michael Beirut, said no logo was timeless the first time you saw it, right? Right. And, and branding is all about time and context, and you have to be able to see these things over time and in context. And I think they finally saw it. They finally got it. So those kinds of things, like where the process sort of gets you to a result that you're really happy with, that's really where the rewarding aspect is, you know, for, for sure. me. I think, you know, successful logos are successful logos, but it's really those things where, where um, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a happy accident because it wasn't like that, but it was like one of those, the, those you know, circumstances aligned to allow certain things to happen. Right. So those are the ones that are the most fun I always me. find it too, like, uh, you know, when you're working in TV, you can never watch TV the same. So do you like just pick, <laughs> when you look at a logo, are you just like picking it apart not picking it apart but maybe like admiring something about it yeah. like you know oh, just yeah. oh definitely sports logos yeah. yeah no doubt no doubt you know i mean i i i i don't know it's i get maybe it's just because i'm in this small niche but right. you, you always see things that you say ah you know i would have done it a little yeah, differently right. or you know yeah, yeah, or, i do the same and, thing and, and sometimes you see stuff and you're just like blown away and you're yeah. like you just like i wish i would have thought of that yeah. you know i wish i would have done that and so, and like you were saying before less is more a lot of times it's just a simple thing you're like oh man that's really smart the way they did that you know that's exactly like right. I, I was i was uh i went down when it was like buzzfeed articles and it was like the hidden the hidden things in logos, yeah, like the yeah, Toblerone right. has a bear. I didn't realize that. Yeah, right. And right. then, uh, like, even like the old Big Ten. I remember when someone showed me, like, yeah, there's actually like a, a ten or something. Was it an eleven? Eleven. Yeah, right. eleven I was teams, like, oh yeah. my god! Like, I was blown away by that. I couldn't believe it. And the arrow and the FedEx logo right. and all that kind of stuff. Have you ever done anyone, any like that? Like with the little hidden? Not, not, no, not, yeah. no. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's if it if it would. Ha- if it would happen, I'm sure it would be interesting, but it's like, I don't know. It's, we, I don't feel like I can sneak stuff in the logos. Right. You know? <laughs> so. Now, how long does a school keep a logo for? Well, it could be, I mean, could be forever. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, you think about, like, think about some of those historic programs, sure. you know, like Notre Dame or like um, USC or UCLA, um, even Cal. I mean, they, they could keep a logo forever. Right. Um, but, you know, typically, and when I when I design my marks, um, I try to make them sure. so they'll they'll last forever. Yeah, you know. But who knows? You know, who knows what happens, especially at the collegiate level. Um, an institution will change. Um, their focus will change. Uh, a new athletic director comes in with a completely different vision. Right. Uh, so things like that is really where you start to see change um, at at the collegiate level. Um, pro teams, you don't see as much change, um, you know, usually in expansion teams and right. that kind of stuff. That's really where the opportunities are. Um, but at the collegiate level, you know, it's, it really depends on who they are. And, and sometimes logos get to the point of where they're, you can't change them, yeah. you know, like, and I think about some of like my early, early work, like Boise state, you know, yeah. that's logos almost 20 years old. Yeah. I'm looking you at know? it now. It's like almost 20 years old. Like, that might stick around. You know, did they have might... the blue field when you did it? Yeah, they did the blue field. Oh, wow. Yeah, they have blue field. I was the guy that went in and said, you know what you should do? You should take the bright blue field and you should make it more like a navy blue right. field because, you know, navy blue apparel sells better. <laughs> and uh, Gene Blameyer, who was the athletic director there at the time, was like, it was a very quick um, but very courteous no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... Well, Joe, thank you so much. This is yeah, great. Sure. And, and like I said, for our listeners, when you're watching March Madness this week and you see the logo, mm-hmm. know that that was uh, made here in good old Potsdam, PA. Made here. That's right. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully you guys enjoyed Joe. I thought he was great. Um, 
I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. And again, be on the lookout if you're uh, watching some college basketball this weekend, college football in the fall, whatever it may be. Definitely appreciate the fact that there is a piece of Pottsville, the piece of the coal region on your TV screen. See you guys next week.